Okay, let's. Ooh, it's on. Yeah, it's on. Go ahead. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm here. Ooh, listen to that. Well, it's not bad, right? I do. I do a pretty good job hooking up the old microphone. Well, to be fair, for uh, I was gonna call you Frank. <laughs> to be fair, Hank, I was the one that plugged this microphone in. Yeah, but I put I put it up on the on the mic stand. Yeah, after I showed you how to do it. Whatever, man. Okay, well, all right. Hey, everybody. Uh, I should say, let me try. Oh, let me, oh, wait, hang on. Let me test it. Let me, I'll test the mic here. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Yeah, that sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? So welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. And we've got a great show for you. We've got a special show for you today. It's really cool. But I want to, so I'm saying hello there on this new mic. This is from SE Electronics. Now, I've talked about the SE Electronics 2200 before, which I love. And that's been the official mic of season three of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, talking to myself, the Jatcast, as we like to call it, because SE Electronics makes some great stuff. And again, not a commercial. It's gonna. It sounds like a commercial because I'm talking about them, but it's not a commercial. It's just me telling you about it because why? Because so many people love mics and stuff. So this is the anti-commercial. No, it's not. They sent me a mic called the Dynacaster. Now, why did they send me this mic? Because I voiced the commercial for the Dynacaster. So if you go online and look up Dynacaster, I did this. I, I thought it was really pretty cool. And I did this British voice, you know, unleash your sound, the Dynacaster. And it was really cool. So they sent me one as a thank you. Isn't that cool? So I'm talking on this microphone, the, the SE Electronics Dynacaster. Why is this mic cool? It's really cool, I think, especially for podcasts. But one of the coolest things, it has a triple layer pop filter built into the microphone. So I have no windscreen on this mic right now. Normally I have windscreens on the mics. Now, for those of you that don't know, it's like, so it kind of protects from, you know, P's and T's and B's and, uh, you know, sibilance and all that stuff. But like I'm saying, P, T, B, I'm saying that on the mic right now. Listen to that. You don't hear any pa, pa, pa. That's pretty good. Yeah, let me try to do a pa, 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 pa. I don't even know what you're doing there, Hank. I'm trying to do the post-it and play, 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 play. Pa, 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 pa. Yeah, see? Look at that. It's built in a triple layer. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's built into the mic. Then they gave like a little foam sock to go over it to help even more. But I don't even need that here. Isn't that cool? I think it's pretty cool, man. I want it. I'm going to take the mic. No, you're not taking a mic. I've, I'm thinking this might be a great mic for the podcast, the official voice mic for the podcast, because of... It's really neat. It's got a built-in preamp in it. It's got all these wonderful settings, highs, lows, all that. And they give you instructions in the little manual of the best ways to set it for your room and all. But this is a really cool mic for people that are looking for an affordable, all-around, podcast, voiceover, singing, musical instrument type microphone. The Dynacaster. And, and it's got a really cool name. Dynac. I like that. So anyways, I'm going to do the episode here on the Dynacaster today. Pretty cool, right? So thanks, SE Electronics. Please go to seelectronics.com. Please check out their stuff. Check out this microphone, the Dynacaster. Brand new mic. 
hot off the presses. Check it out. I think it sounds pretty darn awesome. And I think it's kind of a perfect mic for a podcast because of all the built-in plosive and stuff. And so I can still see. I don't have to like, sometimes with the windscreen, I have to kind of look through the windscreen at my scripts or the screen in front of me and all that. With this one, there's nothing. It's just like, I'll post pictures of it. You'll see how cool it is. It's really a neat microphone. But anyways, so SE Electronics, thank you, thank you, thank you, seelectronics.com. Go there, check out their stuff, get some stuff, would you? And tell them James Arnold Taylor sent. If if you buy something from SE Electronics, tell them that I sent you because that's important. It really is. It's important so they know. But anyways, okay, there you go. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Let's bring in Mr. Announcer Guy to introduce the show because he knows what's going on. Hank knows what's going on. Billy knows what's going on. I'm I'm absolutely beside myself today, Mr. James Arnold Taylor, with an episode that you have and what you're going to do. I know. I know you are because I know that you're a fan of the special guest. So this show is called Talking to Myself and normally it's me talking to me, right? All the voices are me, but not today. Today I'm talking to a special guest and we'll get to that in a second. Mr. Announcer Guy! Oh, listen to that. I can shout on this mic and it it sounds great. Listen, Hey, Mr. Announcer Guy! I just, all I did was back off the mic a little. and that not that awesome? Sounds great. I like the Dynacaster. Okay. Yes, James. Ooh, I sound good on this mic too. Yeah, you do, right? SE Electronics Dynacaster. I like to say Dynacaster. You know, and there are settings on the back, Mr. Announcer Guy, where I could beef up the bass a little or take off the high end, roll it down or whatever, or just do it flat. And, and you, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So anyways, do you want to uh, introduce the show? Because you know what's going on today. We have a special guest. It's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. You know, we release the show on Wednesdays, but if it was on Tuesdays, I'd sing the Disney Mickey Mouse Club song. Today is Tuesday, you know what that means. We're gonna have a special guest. Uh, You guys remember that? That's okay, maybe that's just me. I'm old. All right. Wipe off the mat so the welcome can be seen. (laughs) I liked that. Okay, anyways. Mr. Announcer Guy, go ahead and introduce the show. You got it, man. Cue that music, Jerry the Music Man. You got it, Mr. Announcer Guy. Ooh, I sound good on this mic, too. Everybody sounds good on the Dynacaster. It sounds great, man. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Talking to myself, we call it the Jatcast, man. Yeah, man. On today's show, James has a special guest. The voice of Dookie on Johnny Test, Rocket Raccoon on Guardians of the Galaxy, Lego Emperor Palpatine, and much more, Mr. Trevor DeVal. But now, here he is, the same guy that's been doing all the voices you're hearing, including this one, James Arnold Taylor! Yeah! Thanks, Mr. Announcer Guy. Sounding good on the old Dynacaster. I know. You guys are like, okay, James, we get it. It's a new microphone. You got to understand, I'm a complete nerd for microphones. I love microphones. Why? Because I spend my days on them. I don't know who that guy was, but... Because <laughs> I spend my days... It's kind of a whiny kind of... Yeah, hi. How are you? What is, what is your name? My name is Edward, and I spend my days on microphones. All right. Okay, Edward. I don't know. You're kind of weird. Oh, the characters that come out of me. I never know. All right. So, yes, we have... Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. You going to go listen? Yeah, man. Going to listen to the show. Going to be awesome. It is. We have a special show for you today. My good, good, dear friend, Trevor Duvall. Trevor Duvall. Trevor Duvall. I say Duvall, but I think he says Duvall. So I'm going to say Duvall. Trevor Duvall. And Trevor is the voice of Dookie. 
So I'm on Johnny Test because I'm the voice of Johnny. And Dark Vegan and Mr. Mittens, Hank Anchorman. And a bunch of other voices. Uh, the, the, his, Johnny's new little brother who's the baby robot. And he kind of sounds like this. And Trevor is my dog, Dookie, my best friend in the world. My, my awesome dog, Dookie, the talking dog. So Trevor is that, but he's also many other characters. And he's a very accomplished voice actor. But... Trevor has something really, really cool that he's been doing now for about, I think about a year or maybe a little over a year now. Actually, over a year. Yeah, what am I, crazy? He's got three seasons out, so I guess he's been doing it close to three years. He has a show on his YouTube channel, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to get to it, so let's get to it. This is part one of a two-part interview with my good friend, Trevor Duvall, the voice actor behind Dookie on Johnny Test, Rocket Raccoon on Guardians of the Galaxy, Emperor Palpatine in Lego Star Wars, and so many more. So let's get to my time with Trevor Duvall. Ooh, I went into Mr. Announcer Guy. That was a pretty good impression. Trevor Duvall, one of my dearest friends. You know, you're one of my favorite people in the world. Do you know why? I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Because you and I can go for hours on stuff. We can talk and talk and it never gets old and we're kindred spirits, yet we're very different, yet we're also very similar. Yeah. And I love that. I felt that way from the minute I met you in person, <laughs> which was in Vancouver, you'd come up. Yeah. I was fairly new to the show because I came on as uh, on Johnny Test as Dookie in the fourth season, third, whatever yeah, it was. Something like that, yeah. And and you'd flown up, and I think that was the first time you had been up there, right? That's right. And we were in the booth together, and I remember, I remember it was just you and me, because of course, Johnny and Duke had lots of scenes together, <laughs> and we kept throwing imitations at each other. Yes. I think the first one I remember you doing was, was the, was the Johnny Carson doing your cousin. Johnny Carson, all right. And then we would go back and forth with walking, with the whole thing, and I was like, crazy. all right, well, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, but then, you know, we went out for lunch, whatever it was, and just, we just had like... We could just talk and talk and talk and talk for yeah. hours and hours and hours about all things. And yeah. And it, it doesn't hurt great. that we're both huge Seinfeld fans. That sure does. It surely does not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> because life is Seinfeld. That's yeah, right. <laughs> look at it. Eventually, everything comes around to a Seinfeld quote. So it's very cool to have you here on the talking to myself. Now, the myself part is also part of your show. Here's the thing is mm-hmm. I want all of the folks that listen to my show, because this is just an audio show, to go to the YouTube. But a lot of them listen on YouTube, believe it or not. They they go to YouTube, mm-hmm. they click on the thing, and it's just a logo of the show, and then they listen to me blather on for like an hour. But while they're at YouTube, here's what they need to do. No Jedi mind trick uh, required here. They need to go and check out your channel. Me, myself, and die, as in, as in the opposite of... Living, as in yeah, the, D-I-E. The, the thing you roll on the table when you're gambling away your life, the die. So in an overview of why, and, and I know that my audience, although I think a lot of my audience already is a part of your audience, but folks that are not, why would they love this? Because this is role-playing. This is a, uh, it's a, so can you explain, kind of give the overview? It's not Dungeons and Dragons per se, but it is a role-playing, it's an RPG, right? Yeah, so if you guys know anything about D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, fantasy role-playing games, 
Uh, a lot of people now are uh, have been brought to the game uh, via Critical Role, which right. is a bunch of our voiceover colleagues yep. in uh, in LA that got together years ago and started to record themselves playing D anD D, and of course they became a worldwide sensation and yes. threw a huge spotlight on D anD D itself. And now it's gained like thousands and thousands and thousands of new adherents. So, yep. my show is basically like Critical Role, except. It's just me playing all the characters, which is the it's, greatest uh, thing ever. It's it's a compa- it's a cousin <laughs> to talking to myself because that's what I do here. It is. It's an it's an embarrassing red haired cousin that you want to just lock away in the closet and not talk about, <laughs> no. except maybe at Thanksgiving. No, not at all, because <laughs> they're very different from each other, yes. just like us. We're very different, yet there's something alike. I like this. Look at the parallels I'm drawing. I didn't even plan any of this. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> so so give us a little example is it is is it a specific game that you play? So I so the, Dominion is uh the third season of the show. So basically wow. every season I change the game system. So I don't actually use Dungeons and Dragons. No. Because everybody and their dog uses D&D and I want to highlight all of the other hundreds of millions of other games out yeah. there yeah. that a lot of people don't know about. So in the first season I used a game called Savage Worlds. Okay. And in the second season I used a game specifically designed for solo role playing called Ironsworn. Okay. And in the third season I'm using a, an old old obscure game called Dominion Rules. Um, but the the gist is is that it, whatever the system I'm using in a season, mm-hmm. it's all governed by what they call an oracle system, which just basically means every time I don't know what's going to happen, which is most of the time, mm-hmm. I roll dice and consult a chart, and that will give me an idea as to what direction the storyline could go, and then I use the game system to to game out the the details of it. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down to record an episode, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. Right. I have no idea what characters are going to show up. Yeah. I have no idea whether the main character is going to live or die. <laughs> I have none of that. So it's always a huge surprise to me. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people have said to me, oh, we just love your energy. You're just so, so, and it's because I'm, I'm playing in the middle of playing the game. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm most of the time terrified that everyone's going to die. So. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> it's kind of like me with this show. I never know if any of the characters are going to come in and kill me. No, it, I, but I should roll the die. I love this concept of rolling the die. And then that says your fate. Now, let me ask you, were you a gamer from day one? Like you and I are, you're younger than me. Yeah. I'm an old man, Trevor. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I grew up with Dungeons and Dragons. It was I remember when I was a kid, it became this thing and you know, you got the books and all that. So were you playing when you were younger? Yeah, man, since I was seven years old. Oh really? I started wow. in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Were you a yeah. DM ever? Oh yeah. in fact, uh that was the um position that I gravitated naturally to because uh, when you're a player, of course, you just play one character. Yeah. But if you're the GM, if the game master, you play the world. You play yeah. everybody in the world. And that very much appealed to me because I could jump back and forth between characters and accents and all kinds of stuff. And oh, cool. in fact, one of my early strengths as a gamer mm-hmm. that my friends always tell me about it was they were like, you know, always with you, it's these characters we never know. They, they come out of blue and you use these weird accents and it's just awesome. Awesome. <laughs> no, that was that was my thing. Wow, your friends are or uh, like my friends. I know Man, Dude, you're totally cool. <laughs> and and if any of them are listening now, they're going to be like, I, I didn't sound like that. <laughs> None of us sound like that. Gosh, what are you doing? Those guys are jerks. <laughs> Hate them. Um, 
So, so when you, how often then do you lose a character that's one of your favorite characters on the show? Does that happen? Well, I have to tell you, it, it hasn't happened yet. Oh. Which I'm stunned by. But so far, none of the main characters have died. They've all they've all lived and thrived and, and, and got through the thing. Now, season three is just beginning and yeah. and, and, and we we left off on a, a pretty brutal cliffhanger. So we'll see what happens this week when I record episode four of okay. season three. But um what's fascinating about this, and I don't want to get into the weeds about the details of everything, but I will say that one of the driving storylines uh-huh. of season one was Simon, who's the main character, the main protagonist, he lost his parents and his whole thing was he didn't lose them at the mall, as in they're dead, and he just, he doesn't right. know why right. he was orphaned. And his whole thing was, I want to find out what happened to my parents. So the whole season is about him, among other things, trying to find out what happens with his parents. And what's wild about it is that he finds out, and it's quite a surprise, I don't want to give it away, but I will say that... Yeah, don't give it away. But there's moments when he encounters his father later on which is a giant twist. It's nothing like people are expecting, I'll say that. Okay. But when it happens, when the resolution happens, I've had fans tell me that they were weeping. Really? They had tears in their eyes because of because of what happened between the two of these characters. And it's funny because it's just me. It's just me going back and forth playing these, <laughs> right. these two characters. But it, it, there's an earnestness to it and there's a truth to it. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm an actor. And of course. Yes, you are. As an actor, we got to we, we gotta play the play the truth. Yeah. And it's the same in this show. So, yeah, people have said to me that they were really profoundly moved by by a whole bunch of stuff. The the endings of, of both wow. the first two seasons as well. People were profoundly moved. So it, it's cool. It's cool. It's like it's like making a little movie because I do like the, the audio effects and I've got little miniatures on the table. Yeah. So there's some some level of visual uh, you know stuff going on there as well so it's 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 quite a it's quite a show it's it, quite a show it's a scene man it's a scene man it, it was <laughs> is this is in dominion this is in season 3 that you're talking about this big surprise no no that was in uh season 1 season 2 is about and I'm actually really proud of this too there's a character named Arn mm. Arn Kalapunki who is sort of this Norwegian sort of guy ah. and he shows up early in season 1 as an antagonist to Simon he's ah. a bounty hunter he's going after him but over the course of the season, they become allies. Okay. And to the point where at the end of, uh, at the, going into season two, it's Arn's story because he goes back home to fulfill his vow to his family and his people wow. and the whole season about him. <laughs> and now the, the third season is about a totally different character. How so. does that happen though, Trevor? Are you, is it from the roles of the die and, or are yeah. you, you come in with a basic story idea? No. No. I came in with nothing. You come in with I came in with absolutely nothing. In fact, if you look at the first episode of, of season one, I come in and I make the character. Okay. And I, you know, determine a little bit about his back. And it's all random because I've got all these different randomizers and charts and tables from various books I've collected over the 40 years I've been doing this. Yeah. So we discover that Simon is, he's a ranger. He's like a, you know, yep. a, a woodsman kind of guy. We discover right. that he's got this best friend who is a, who is this half-orc kind of guy. Okay. Uh, we discover that his parents are lost. We discover that he's, uh, you know, been raised by his grandfather or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the very first, uh, the very first episode, randomly determined. Yeah. It turns out his best friend, this half-orc, is on trial for a murder he didn't commit, and Simon is trying to rescue him before they can hang him. Oh, my word. And it all goes horribly wrong, and his best friend gets killed, and now Simon's on the run. And that's episode one! And And I had no idea what the story was going to be. It all just evolved. And his friend being killed, is that because of the roll of the die? Yeah, that's because the the way that particular game system worked out, we were in the middle of a, a combat, 
and uh, didn't work. Yeah, but he got killed. <laughs> uh, well, so unfortunately, people will know that uh, it, going into it. But well, yes, yes. But that's just the first first episode, though. Oh, okay, it's first episode. <laughs> okay, so because I want people to go back. There's three seasons now, so if they go back now, yeah. and just kind of hunker down and season one and go for it and kind of binge that, then they got season two, and then by the time they're caught up you will have already had even more episodes because what do you got about three episodes out right now of season yeah there's, as we there's talk? three episodes of season three and i'm i try to do one a week wow that's uh, a lot. that becomes it is a lot because the production quality of, of my yeah. show is pretty up there i've got nine camera angles I do. <laughs> I do. Like I said, the miniatures and I do the sound effects and the music. In fact, I I've composed uh, original score for this. So I've uh, hired people to do the score for this as well. Well, you turned me on to Cooper. Yes, my friend Cooper Babis, who did just fantastic work in season two. I wanted him so badly for season three, but he was so busy with stuff, oh. so I had to go elsewhere and find. Uh, so I found you know lots of people all over, but uh, oh, the, I'm cool. very proud of the music because it's because it's all original and it's uh, it, it's good stuff. It's just what I love about it is it is all the things that we as kids would have loved to have been able to do. Yeah, that you're able to now do with this home studio and this setup and the cameras and creating all of this. And it's so well produced and it looks great. It sounds great. But then your acting is great. Everything that goes into this show is top notch. And that's where I hope people will really kind of take the time and realize it because a lot of like you have folks that are your fans that are watching the show, the fans that listen to my show are creators and they're creative people. And I want them to be inspired by this, but also raise their own bar. Yeah, for sure. I've been so privileged to have so many people write in the comments or, or send me. Oh, my God, man. I got I got this email yesterday from this guy. Mm-hmm. It was a big, long email. He, he sent it to my fan mail uh, through my, my website. And it was just basically saying, I just want you to know that you've totally inspired me and and don't ever get down if because you know you're you're criminally underwatched you've only got 10,000 subscribers but you deserve to have like a million yeah. and i just want you to know the huge effect you've had and another another guy saying that you know you got me back into solo rp and you got me back into playing and i've introduced my son to the game now through this wow. or, or we I, I you know i sit and me and my me and my boy we 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 wait every monday for the new episode to show up and we just uh, you know relive those old feelings yeah. uh, that that he used to have as a kid playing the game and and these are unbelievable compliments yeah, yeah. like you know I, I had no idea that i would i would have such a uh, an effect with these folks man i certainly didn't set out to do that i was just like i'm gonna play a game by myself and make silly voices <laughs> but as it turns out it, it really resonates with a lot of these guys and, and it's just it's tremendous that's great now i know the show's video but let's take a listen to one of those dramatic moments from me myself and die season one is he going to run up and end the half-orc who he sees as the real threat? I think there's a pretty good chance, actually. I'm going to call it likely and our ask our fate chart here. 44, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself, but there it is. The dice don't lie. He runs up, the half-orc squirming on the ground, and he comes up and he buries his axe, killing Vilborg of the strange name. Simon sees this having just felled his one foe and cries out, No! Dramatic stuff, Trevor. Thank you. It's great. And, you know, in a very short amount of time, you've garnered well over 10,000 subscribers. And then you have a Patreon subscription with it, right? So you can become a patron 
of Trevor and me, myself, and Diet. So I would encourage people to watch the show and then support him as well because that allows you to continue doing what you're doing. I think that's the beauty of all of this is that we're able to kind of create our own little circle of entertainment, but also fans and then the fans make it possible by adding to it. So very important to do. Yeah, that. absolutely. It's also interesting that there's there's a couple of sort of, uh, I don't want to call them imitators because that has a derogatory comment, but there's a number of shows that have come out since I've started the show that are basically versions of my show, except, you know, with far less production because m- most people can't afford nine cameras. <laughs> like this. Oh, and most people are professional actors as well. But it's, it's so wild to see all of these shows come out people solo role-playing and sharing it with the world via YouTube. I'm like, yeah, and you know, all of them, they say to me at the beginning of their series or whatever, they say, oh, you know, huge inspiration from Trevor DeVal and me, myself and I, this really inspired me to do this. And I'm like, this is amazing. This yeah. is amazing that these people are, are getting so uh, inspired to do this stuff. I, it's it's so cool. It's it so is cool. cool. And I remember when you were talking about this, I mean, because you talked about this for a while before doing it. And you know, the whole concept of it's just you doing that. I didn't know that you could do a role-playing game on your own like that. And it's it's still entertaining and fun for you, not just the folks watching it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, to the point where I was talking with my gaming group the other night on a, on a Zoom call. Uh-huh. And we were talking about the show and, you know, they're all watching the show. And my friend Rob, he laughed and he said, so you don't really need us at all. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, I wouldn't go that far, but eh, not really. Oh, man. Hey, can we talk about the voices and such? Because, again, you know, you are a, I mean, you've been a theater actor, on-camera actor, but primarily I think your love, like mine, is voice voiceover. Yeah. And because of the fact that you can be, be anything. I mean, you know, you and I, we haven't really even talked about it here. We're on Johnny Test together. And you're my awesome dog, Dookie. But the factor that you have above a lot of other people is you're very in tune to accents. You're just great with kind of working those out and all. Is that just a natural gift? Is that, I know, you know, you're like, yes, it's a natural gift. But... <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm very talented, James. Let me tell you yes, about myself. I'm, I'm so no. good. My, my, I could go on about myself. <laughs> but where where did you get that knack for accents? Is that something that within your family? Is it because you grew up with accents? Well, it's kind of both those things. Because uh, I grew up in Canada and we watched a lot of British TV, including right. Monty Python. Yes. So I grew up with a lot of Monty Python. So that was where my my love of the, the British sense of humor as well yep. as the accents and, and the and the wide variety of, of UK accents yep. and Irish accents as well sort of came from. And so I was exposed to it a lot more than I think a lot of Americans are, right. um, at least in those days. And then my brother, my older brother, Mike, he used to do, this is sort of a story I've told a million times, but it, it, it's true. But not on this show. Not on, not on this show. First right. time, first time on this show. Um <laughs> He used to do uh, an impression of uh, Jackie Stewart, who was a Scottish yeah. uh, race car. Stewart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jackie Stewart uh, turned uh, uh, driver turned commentator, yeah. and he would do this thing around the dinner table when I was a kid, when I was very young, <laughs> where he would say, uh, "Oh, you know, you know, you'd pass the salt and pepper." So they'd pass the salt and pepper, and he'd say, "Oh, it's a great day for a race today. Look at this salt and pepper about to, and look at that pepper pulls out in front, and he's rounding the first turn. Oh no, but salt is catching up. It's good. Oh no, pepper's up. He's having trouble hanging on to the outer turn. Oh no, and he loses control, and he hits the wall and bursts into flames." 
that was that was Jackie Stewart's big thing. Was he burst into flames? Burst into flames. So yeah. this would go on, and uh, eventually, my brother was doing it one day with like you know mustard and ketchup, right? Oh, yeah. Look at this. Oh no, oh, no. My mustard pulls out. But look at this. Ketchup is not at all surprisingly catching up. Look at this. Oh no, ketchup's coming around the, the outside turn. He, he's started to lose control, and then I burst in with Andy burst into flames. And everybody stopped and looked and they laughed. No. And I saw funny voice equals power over people. World domination shall be mine was my my first thought there. So that's it. And about how old were you? Do you know? Uh, Five. Yeah. See, that's really interesting because, you know, when I was four, I'm not trying to outdo you there with, you know, a, a year younger. But. (laughs) <laughs> but everybody on this show knows when I was four years old is when I kind of realized, oh, Mel Blanc is a man in a booth right. on a microphone <laughs> and Don Messick and all these guys. And I went, I want to do that. And I started doing voices as well. So it's really fun that we have that commonality. But I think it it also is something to encourage folks that are listening that are doing voices. Because, you know, I mean, you get it the same as I do. How do you get into voiceover? How do you do this? What is the, right. the key to it? And the key is being passionate about it, loving it, loving becoming all these other characters and being able to just pull this off without people realizing that it's you sometimes, especially when it's just audio like that. But yeah, and- when you do that accent, it's so solid and it's just right there. It's not like somebody putting on something it's just from years of it just being a part of your fiber so yeah and i think as well like like you sort of hit the nail on the head there where you say it's not about doing voices it's about doing characters yeah and so you know when you jump into a character it's i don't know about you but when i'm playing a character i'm fully embodying that i i I'm sort of picturing in my mind's eye yes. me as that person physically, and that informs what your body does, and it yep. informs, you know, if he's a great big guy, then I my chest kind of pumps up and my, my shoulders go back, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it, it really is more that, like so many people, and we've talked about this ad nauseum <laughs> on, on other shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, a lot of these people uh, in the world have this idea that it's just doing voices and that couldn't be further from the truth. The voice is just one one small aspect of, of what makes the character. Yeah. And it's about kind of training your ears, really being able to hear it. Because yeah. I know that you and I, we do talk about this, you know, when we just get together and kibitz, as it were, about uh, the world and voiceover and characters, <laughs> is you have to have the ears to hear what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And then be able to change that. I think a lot of people don't have the ears tuned yet. So I always tell people, listen, listen, listen to wonderful actors like like Trevor Duvall. Go watch the show because it's going to be an education. Not only is it entertaining, but it's an education in character development. It really is because some of these you're you're just going on the fly, right? Is that also the way it yeah. works? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I love how good you are. Like, I'm, I'm not bad. You know, I'm no schlub when it comes to accents, but I get weird doing accents in front of you because... <laughs> because you're really good at them <laughs> and, and so uh, i mean like you could do like a, a south african uh, like you do just variations new zealand you'll do you know australian and you have that ear for that 
in a way that a lot of people don't have. You and like J.B. Blanc, I think both have this ability. To oh, kind he's of, amazing. Yeah. He is this. amazing. Yeah. So uh, when you're, do you have one that you'll work on and then you'll go, oh, I got to put it in the show. Is that, does that work like that or? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like um, Simon in season one started off uh, sort of bog, bog standard British you know, fantasy Europe kind of thing. So he was sort of heroic like this, but he was very much British RP, received pronunciation sort of thing. This is the way Simon spoke, and I decided this from the beginning. But then when he met Edbert Mm -hmm. uh, uh, early on, um, I had just randomly determined Edbert's name. And uh, (laughs) as I randomly randomly determined everything in the show. Right. But uh, he meets Edbert in a bar, (laughs) in a tavern. And Edbert, he's quite a character. He's he's quite a character, let me tell you. People are always saying he's quite a character. But he's... uh, (laughs) I don't know why I came up with Irish for him. It just seemed right at the moment because I would, I'll talk through it. I'll be like, okay, Edbert's looking at him and he says, right, sort of, maybe. Yeah, right, there it is. I think, yeah, I think now he's going to sound like that. Why not? Yeah. And at that point, he becomes this Irish character. Or, or Arn, who becomes a pretty main character as well. Yeah. He appears in season two. And it was, I just happened to randomly roll, roll kind of a Scandinavian name, Arn Galapunki, which turns out is Finnish. Um, huh. So I just did sort of a bog standard, what we call the Skyrim accent which is like the, a video game which is it's not really Swedish it's not Norwegian it's just sort of up there kind of but not yeah, really almost like a Star Wars accent right exactly so it's like is that a thing in the world no not really but it's it has uh, the feeling of being up in the snows and ice and the fjords but it's not really a, you couldn't go to Norway and people would say where are you from that's not uh, us <laughs> So for me, I don't want to say I get lazy because I don't get lazy because I'm always watching and listening, but I rely on ones that I created when I was much younger. Do you find that most of the accents, you found them when you were younger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lazy is a perfect word to describe me and everything (laughs) I do. So (laughs) I didn't want to say, but you know. No, it's true. I, I, uh, in fact, that's a problem with me. That I, not, not a problem. It's, it's a challenge for me because I'm always, I am always trying to push the envelope, and I'm trying to discover new things. That's how uh, the South African thing came about. Because for years and years and years, the South, like the Joe Johannesburg accent, was yeah. for me was the holy grail of accents because mm. it was like this, like what, what is it? So bizarre. And then one day. Uh, not that long ago, a few years ago, I mm-hmm. was just uh, hanging my laundry uh, to, to dry and I started talking to the wash. Right, I started to talk to the laundry like this, like the wash, right here I am, hanging the wash like this. I've got to put this pair of pants up here and this, uh, pair of, this shirt up here goes like this. And all of a sudden I was like, why do I sound like I'm from District 9? Oh my God, I'm doing the Johannesburg accent. How did that happen? And so it just unlocked. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I went to a Guardians of the Galaxy session that day, and Harrison, one of the producers, he heard me just kind of riffing on it, and he said, You can do that accent? I said, Apparently. I don't know. It just it came to me in the night, I guess. And so, of course, the next week they hire me as Claw, right? Yes. <laughs> in the Avengers, because he's got to be this, right, this sort of South African guy. And I was like, That's the coolest story I think I've ever had from, from working in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know. And hey, let's talk about that. Because I mean, again, we're, we're talking, obviously, I want to encourage people to check out your channel, subscribe to your channel, support your channel, and watch the episodes of Me, Myself, and Die. But I also, you and I have been friends for, I mean, so long. We've worked on so many things together. Johnny yeah. Test, only one little thing. Yeah. But then Guardians of the Galaxy was yeah. a show that I think got canceled too soon. I think it, we we could have gone longer. Yeah. But 
we had so much fun, and you were Rocket Raccoon, yeah. as well as many other characters. I was Yondu and Cosmo, primarily on the show. What a great, fun time that was while we were still all recording together in studios, you know? I mean, I guess that's the good news, is that we're not we're not all in studios together anymore, so it wouldn't have been as much fun to do Guardians. But yeah, that was just a, a wonderful experience for me to be a part of that. But for you guys, uh, you and Will, and I mean, you made a lot of friends on that show, yeah? I sure did. It was That was the best possible way for me to enter into the Hollywood voiceover world because I moved down in 2013 yeah. in July, Okay, and I got my agent and started uh, auditioning for stuff and booking stuff in September of, of that year. But then in the spring, early spring, mm-hmm. I booked like three things in a row, big series, and one of them was that. And that series changed my whole life because suddenly I was in the room with these voiceover giants, you yeah. know, there was Vanessa Marshall and Kevin Michael Richardson and you come in and <laughs> and literally everybody who yeah. was anybody in the L.A. voiceover world had a role on that show. Yeah. And that's where I met everybody for the first time, like Greg Griffin or Kari Walgren and, and these these people that came in to play these roles. And I was like, it, what have I done in some <laughs> former life? To deserve this. Uh, like, I, I got to tell you, I was just in L.A. on the weekend again, uh, had to, to, to go back there. Yeah. And as we were there, I said to Nisa, my girlfriend, I said, uh, you know, I'm glad we're not there anymore for all mm-hmm. kinds of reasons. But I have to tell you, yeah. I am so grateful for the years I spent here. And I'm so grateful for what this city gave me and the opportunities it afforded me and the people that it allowed me to interact with and become close to. Yeah. Uh, what a dream. What a yeah. dream come true to be able to do that, you know? No, I, I totally agree. And yeah, while while we are on other other parts of the world now, it still holds that, I think, for both of us in that. And and then the casting folks and the directors, you know, Lisa Schaefer, yeah, Andrea the whole, Romano, the, oh, yeah. Colette Sunderman, yeah. all these wonderful just, people. Yeah, just just uh, what, what, a, what a dream. What a dream come true. You know, it's just been fantastic. And then we have another thing that people may not know in common, and that is... In the world of Star Wars, you and I have been in quite a few Lego Star Wars things together recently. Yes, you are far more the Star Wars guy than I am because, you know, you being Obi-Wan for all those years, I mean, you solidified your position. (laughs) I'm the comedy version of the Emperor on Lego Star Wars, so I... I have a little toe in the Star Wars pool, but it's, oh, come it's a on. blocky brick-looking toe. It is a blocky <laughs> And it's pretty fun because he is a character when he's a Lego guy. I mean, it's just you get to take the Emperor into these layers that Ian never would get to take him, you know. 100%. Ian McDermott, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what's fun. But also some other characters, too. Like, you, you've done Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I and. did Jar Jar. I did Boba. I was uh, Admiral Akbar. I was. Um, oh, did you do Akbar? I didn't know oh you did boy. Akbar. It's a trap. See, sounds just like him. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's amazing. <laughs> and Star Wars was obviously a big thing for you growing up. I would imagine as well. They had Star Wars yeah. in Canada, didn't they? Uh, well, some of the time. I mean, it's tough to go see a, a movie in Canada because you've only got four hours of gravity every day, so you have to be careful <laughs> because right? you might float to the top of the theater, so yeah. it's, it's difficult. So now, you know what I find fascinating is how many successful voice actors in America 
are Canadian. Well, you can't—you can't be that surprised. I mean, come on. <laughs> but what—what what is it about all of you? You know, you and of course David Kay, who's my buddy Clank and Ratchet and Clank, and and Tara Strong, Cree Summer, uh, the, the, uh, Eric Bowser, uh, a lot of different people. Eric Bowser, yeah. Um, yeah. What yeah. is it? Do you think about the Canadian voice actor, kind of? taking off in America. Do you think there's anything to that or is it just... Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I would luck. say, you know, when you, you spend a lot of time inside during the winter, eh? So <laughs> I guess you're watching a lot of cartoons and such because it's too cool to go outside. So I guess maybe that's it. I don't even know. Now, how did TV work for you guys? Do you get? Did you get all of the stuff that we got or did you only get some of it? I mean, like, you know, obviously Monty well, Python like, okay. wasn't from us, but... Yeah, I mean... That's a British thing, but like, like, um, you know, American channels, we would, we would get it. But the problem is when we'd watch it, for one thing, uh, the channel would have to uh, go through customs when it uh, was beamed across the border. So that always took an extra day. And then you had to wind up your TV, man, uh, which was difficult because you had to keep it going. And it was powered entirely by, by seal blubber. So that made it difficult. Every show was sort of oily and greasy. Uh, so we always, we were like, oh, those greasy Americans <laughs> and their greasy shows, eh? Uh, yeah. I had no idea you were going to be such a sarcastic jerk. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's been 12 no, years, you know. Yes, come on. <laughs> No. Um, that is that is awesome. Do you know just I just just to interject here? Do you know that Kevin Michael Richardson? I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. When we were doing a session of Guardians early on, yeah, and we were talking about Halloween, and I said, "Well, I got I got to go back. I'll be there for Halloween." And he looked at me and he said, "Do you have Halloween in Canada?" <laughs> and I said, "No, Kevin. No, we no. Of course, like what? No, we don't have. What are you talking about? Of course, we have Halloween. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. I just didn't think you had. I said we also have." atmosphere and um and light we have light too oh <laughs> it's like, well, I, don't, I don't know i just love it. <laughs> it we tend to do that just like people tend to go oh you're from california do you know scott Right. Why would I know Scott? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I mean, you might know him because he's he was out in that area, and and then you realize <laughs> it's like, well, it's a pretty big state, you know. So now, I mean, but I will say, like where I am now, which is not California, an undisclosed state, um, in a bunker in an undisclosed location. Yes, that's right. That I do know more. Like when somebody says, "Oh, somebody just moved from California," I go, "Oh, I know them." It's it's kind of weird. That's <laughs> happening. But <laughs> there you go. Okay, so now, how long does a season? Jumping back to me, myself, and die. How long does a season last? How many episodes do you generally do? Well, it depends on on how the story plays out. It really does. Okay. Yeah, like I have no idea what's going to happen. So in the first season, it was twenty two episodes. Yeah, which is a lot. That's a lot because you know they they've they're about a half an hour to forty minutes each one, so it's it's quite a bit. Right. And then the second season was eighteen episodes. Yep. And this season, no idea. I have so no idea how long it's going to. Do go. you not know until that last episode, or do you go into it knowing, okay, this is the last one, I'm going to finish it? No, I really let the dice tell the story. It's so fascinating because for I think people, especially people listening that are not accustomed to role-playing stuff will really get addicted to this and this type of storytelling and they may find just a whole new 
binge and something to, to get into because of the fact that it's all determined on the roll of the die. I think it's just a really neat, fascinating way to tell a story. I think Hollywood should well, do it that way now. Yeah, too. why not? That's how we should. That's how they should have done the Avengers movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the whole role playing game thing. And I'm talking tabletop. I'm not talking uh, uh, computer role playing. Right. Uh, games. I, it is a it is a completely and wholly unique form of entertainment because it is the only form of entertainment where you are not only experiencing the tale you are instrumental in telling it as well wow and you and it's not like writing a book Mm -hmm. it's not like saying okay well i write this and, and i decide what happens you don't decide what happens you decide what your character wants to do but your character is at the whim of fate so fate decides what happens. So it is a fully immersive experience where you are developing the tale as you go with no idea what's coming. So it's not like a book. It's not like a movie. It's not like a comic. It's not like anything else. It's its own thing. And then the solo RPG, which is what I do, is an even more unique form because now Mm -hmm. it's all you and you're, (laughs) you're determining everything by yourself. You're, you're taking the role of the player or players in my case and also the game master. So, uh, it's it's a completely unique thing, yeah. So with that in mind, let's take a listen to another clip from Me, Myself, and Die, where you prove that point, where you're rolling the die to get Arn's name. Take a listen. So we determine his motivations. Uh, so this is uh, a lot like determining a random event from Mythic. This revolting expert, this hideous revolting bounty hunter. First motivation is going to be 86. Refine, refine the wealthy refine the wealthy he is working for a patron he is specifically working for someone who oh i know what this is he is working for simon's minor enemy that we determined in the first session from his background great the bounty hunter is working for the minor enemy i want a name for this bounty hunter so once again we're going to go to the good old xanathar's guide here arn i like that arn arn what arn let's go to the old perilous Perilous Worlds book to get another name. Uh, Arn 11. Kalapunki. Arn Kalapunki, the revolting expert who is working for the minor enemy, which we don't know anything about yet. We haven't determined that. Let's, um, let's do that. Man, I love getting people turned on to new shows, new things, especially right now. Because I got to tell you, man, I, I talk about this a lot on my podcast here, is that, you know, Hollywood has got to stop with the really depressing tales of Based on a true story. You know, it's like, and just <laughs> everything. We need some fantasy. We need, now I look, I know characters can die in your thing and stuff, and it's action and all of that, but it's a fantasy and that's fun yeah. and it's characters and it's, you know, yeah. we need more of that. So I just, I encourage everybody to check out Trevor Duvall's Me, Myself, and Die. And it is on his YouTube. So you go to YouTube and you search for me, myself, and die. Yep. And you will find it. And it'll come up. And it's got a great little logo. Is a, what is that? Like a 20-sided die? It's a little 20-sided die, yeah. A, a little red, red 20-sided, die. 20-sided die. And that's how you know it's officially you, because I don't know if there's any you that's know, right. imitators out there. <laughs> go and subscribe and please consider becoming a patron as well. That's all been, uh, you've been doing that for uh, about a year or so now, is that? Yeah, I think uh, around uh, around a year and I have different tier levels. There's there's the general supporter and then there's the sort of next up and then there's the next up and and each level has slightly different things. So for my, my D10 level people, mm-hmm. um, 
I do special programming just for them. Wow. So I do a show called Drinking <laughs> Drinking with DMs, which is me just sitting down and getting loaded with uh, other gamers and talking about game stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of which won't uh, ever make it to YouTube. No. <laughs> so how does that happen then? How do you do that? Is that... Uh, it, when you become a subscriber for, through Patreon, if you unlock the D10 level, which is... 10 bucks a month, I think. Okay. Uh, then you automatically get access to all the, the stuff on Patreon that, that exists for that. So, so they handle that. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. They handle everything. So it's, um, I think right now there's eight episodes of uh, Drinking with DMs. You also get like uh, premium access to stuff. I do another show called uh, The Sage's Library, mm-hmm. which is me talking about uh, all the many, 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 many games that I've uh, ran and played over the years. Uh, so patrons get early access to that. They also get access to live chats that I do, which which I then put on YouTube afterwards. So okay. in order to be part of that, you got to be a patron. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And I'm, I'm adding a bunch of new show ideas as well as we go forward. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's really taken off. I mean, in, in the short amount of time that you and I started talking about this, I remember when you were like, so, you know, this whole YouTube thing, you know, how's it going for you? And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. I mean, you've exploded. There's just so, I'm just scrolling through your channel right now on an iPad here. And you just have tons and tons of videos. So there's so much that people can watch and take in and learn and learn about RPGs and learn about the solo solo RPGs specifically and just find the fun but also for all of you that are into voices this is a great school I just honestly I know that you know you would never sell it that way Trevor but it is a school for folks learning this I know that the, the fellow that cuts my hair is uh he's a Game master, you would say game master, not dungeon master. I guess, right? You say GM. That's right. Of- you know, he's serious if you say if he's calling himself a GM and not a DM. I see. Okay, he's the real thing. So, and he's he was like talking as <laughs> the real deal, and he's like saying, you know, I gotta <laughs> learn voices and different things. He was fascinated, picking my brain, and I'm like, you know, I can tell you all day how to do stuff, but really watch Trevor's show and watch the channel because you're going to learn so much from that. So any of you folks that are watching or listening rather to this show that want to know about voices and stuff, this is a great school for you. And it's also entertaining and fun. Just so much uh, fun to have you here, Trevor. I mean, we could go on and on. We could have our own weekly podcast, but we should. (laughs) And we probably will go on and on. Well, who knows? That is going to conclude the first part of my interview with my dear friend, Trevor Duvall. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Very interesting stuff, what he does and how he works with uh, voices and things. We're going to find out more about his voices. We're going to find out more about his life and more about fun stuff. Please come back and join me for the second part of my interview with Trevor on the next episode, which will be next week. I'll do that. I think I'll do that. Yeah. Then the next week. So because these are kind of special, I'm going to link them together. And then the next week, we'll go back to the regular ones where we do comments and the regular, just a regular chat show there doing the uh, chat cast. Okay. I think that sounds good. Let's bring in Mr. Announcer Guy to do the legal mumbo jumbo on the show. Hey, Mr. Announcer Guy. James. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I was being like you. Okay. You ready to do the legal mumbo-jumbo? Yeah, man, it's what I do. All right, go for it, dude. Dude, talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of YumiGo Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking to Myself, the podcast. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. Looking forward. Hey, did you like the interview with Trevor? Yeah, man, it was cool. 
thanks for being here and thanks for all of you being here and listening and I hope you come back next time and I hope you go back and listen to old episodes of the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. If you're brand new to the show, if this was the first time you ever listened, hey, there's many, many shows and many, many things on my YouTube channel. There's many, many things on my Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Check all that out. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Actor. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time. Hear you next time. Listen to me. Well, you'll hear me. I won't hear you probably. Thank you all so much for joining me. And we'll just, we'll say bye-bye there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, Obi-Wan, say goodbye now. Goodbye now. No, no. Say goodbye. Goodbye there. Like, hello there, but goodbye there. Oh, yes, I see. Goodbye there. Very good. Thank you, Obi-Wan. My pleasure. Oh, thank you. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Always has to have the last word. No, I don't. See? Bye-bye.